Cahill Summers. And I'm Georgia Glenn. Your Chagas Sustainability Advisors. And you're welcome to the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, bringing you the latest information, science and opinion to improve farm sustainability. With the Young Scientist competition just recently completed, we're delighted to be joined by an up-and-coming young innovative scientist and her teacher. Joanna Pickett and her teacher, Joanne Corkery, from Kalashtrasa, Kenturk, County Cork, join us to chat about Joanna's project, which won the Chagask Award at the BT Young Scientist Competition 2022. With the European Commission targets of reducing chemical pesticide usage by 50% in the next decade, Listen in to hear how Johanna's project uses nematodes as a natural solution. You're both very welcome. Johanna, huge congratulations on your win. You must be delighted with your achievement. Yeah, thanks. I suppose I just want to start with, with you. I better call you Miss Corkley because I presume the students don't know your first name. But, uh, no, they do, Carl. I suppose, Joanne, could you tell us just a little bit about the science programme in your school and how long ha- have the school been involved in the young scientist? Well, I suppose really it's just really since about 2013 um, that, we, that we're involved since... Um, since 2015, really, we've enjoyed tremendous success at the competition. We were overall winners in 2015. And since that year, really, we've just been really successful. We were category awards. We've won, you know, some of the top four prizes. Um, so really, since 2015, we've been we, we've been very successful. You must have, um, I suppose, a great interest amongst the teachers, number one, to get it going. But also I suppose success breeds interest as well have you found that within school that's it definitely you know I suppose the students the younger students would see the success of the older students and there for a while the first Monday in January we'd be all above in the canteen this was pre-COVID of course and you know the whole school would be there and and the deputy principal Miss, Miss Walsh would be interviewing the, the the students coming back from the competition with the awards and, and that definitely does help to motivate younger students and they can see that it's attainable for them and there's great interest in fairness generated around not just the school but the whole area of Canturk when the competition is on. You've had two winners this year and Joanne what do you think the secret is to your success? Well I'm just one of four science teachers in the school so like I mean you know the four of us work really hard, very diligently, trying to mentor the students. And I suppose I have to say the whole school community um, is so supportive. You know, like, you know, we have some of the projects would involve surveys and, you know, in fairness, the students would be great to get guardians or, you know, grandparents or whatever to fill in surveys. The management are very, very approachable. And, you know, we all kind of try to work together. The parents, of course, are very supportive to the, to the, to the students themselves as well are, to be fair, Deirdre, so self-motivated, so diligent. You know, anything you ask them to do, they'll do it. You know, they're just brilliant, I must say. They're fantastic to work with. And and that's, there's no secret to it, I suppose, really. But, you know, when you all work hard together, um, that's, that, that's, that's it for us. It seems to be working okay. And actually, even other teachers in the school would help out with presentations. And, you know, we'll say English teachers, language teachers would help with the oral presentation of the projects towards the end. We have even retired teachers helping with proofreading project books. And it's really is a team effort that you couldn't sustain it otherwise, to be perfectly honest. Sounds very inspiring. Um, Joanna, um, 
what inspired you to come up with the idea? And can you tell us a little bit about your project? Okay, so with my idea, I we have a greenhouse at home and um, I grew up around it and I was always interested in how plants grow and so on. And I was always interested in like the pesticides and how they can affect ourselves and our environment. And a student in our school last year actually did a project on the nematodes, so I was aware of them. So when I was trying to come up with a project idea, I started researching them and found out that they could be used as an alternative to pesticides in a farming environment. And I thought maybe I could build a project idea around that. So then um, my project idea was finding the optimum temperature for them to work at. Brilliant. And could you tell us, I suppose, to people who are listening to don't understand or don't know what a nematode is. What is a nematode? So the nematode strain that I use were entomopathogenic nematodes and they are lethal parasitic insects. So they're microscopic roundworm and upon entry of the insect, they release a bacterium that kills it within a few out, within a few days. So that's where you can use them as pest killers. Oh, fantastic. And, and, and during um, the experiment, you used um, what are called white traps for collecting inoculum. Can you explain this process, how, how that was done? So I originally got some nematode inoculum from my mentor, Dr. Tomek Thule Duarte in Carlo IT. Um, and she was very kind to supply me with it. And when I got home, I needed more inoculum in order to carry out my experiment. So the white traps are basically a way of uh, culturing the nematodes. So it um, consists of a deli dish and it has two small petri dishes inside. And you place um, a strip of filter paper across them and place um, infected larvae, larvae infected with the nematodes on them. And after about two weeks, the nematodes will emerge into the water that you put in the deli dish. And it was all under um, temperature control. Um, do you think that these nematodes, do they work all year round? Or is there any factor that could limit um, their productivity? They would work all year round, but I think like the best temperature I found was 19 degrees Celsius, which is obviously quite warm. So they would have to be applied during the summer where it's the warmest, but they would still work all year round. They would just be um, less, their best. Yeah. yeah, less effective. Yeah, exactly. It, this actually I really enjoy the subject it sounds almost like that film Alien I don't know if you've seen that one where you know I, I'm really interested in this because I suppose to get it straight you're you're taking a nematode you're sticking it out in the soil and that not, that nematode so you're saying it's getting into an insect it inhabits it and it kills it when it's inside and, and that gets rid of our insect problem is that what that is that am I hitting the right nail yeah on the head, it's jo a Joanna? parasite and Kohal, Joanna would have taken equipment from school, started this project in August. All of this practical work was done at home. You know, so Joanna did it all from her own house, didn't you, Joanna? She took over a room <laughs> with her incubators and her stereoscope and all of the apparatus. So everything was done at home by Joanna herself, in fairness. They're very understanding at home, <laughs> giving you a room like yeah. that, I'd say. <laughs> and how long did the project take her? Did you have to do any counting or measuring or looking under microscopes or what? how did you work that? to get figures or data. Yeah, so I had a stereoscope. So I infected the larvae and there was 150 in total and they went into three different temperatures. Um, so once they were dead, I had to dissect them. And when I was dissect dissecting them, I 
was counting them under a stereoscope. And I was trying to see which larvae had the most nematodes in them because that shows how well the nematodes worked. So yeah, there, there was a lot of counting. A lot of data. Yeah. A lot of data. Does it take a long time for the nematode to, I suppose it has to grow inside its host, a long time for it to kill it? Um, about 48 hours. I allowed them, yeah, oh, yeah I allowed them to stay for about three days, but yeah, 48 hours. They're very aggressive growers. <laughs> you used wax worms. Um, yeah. So, you know, why did you pick them or why did you select those? Uh, they were a susceptible host because originally I was actually going to use a different um, larvae, but if they didn't really work that well, it wouldn't have worked for my project as well as the wax worms did. So they were seen as the best ones to use. Oh, excellent. And then did you see any difference um, in their performance under the different temperatures? You used three different temperatures, didn't you, during the experiment? Yeah. So there was 15 degrees, 19 degrees and 25 degrees. And 19 degrees is the optimal temperature. Um, there wasn't like massive differences, but it was significant. Is it difficult to, I know you, you got the, the, the nematodes from a source, is it difficult to, to harvest them or process them or say for if you wanted to use them on a farm, I know we're in the early stage of this, but how easy is it to get the nematodes and then put them onto a farm maybe? Um, I think it would be easy to, it would be easy to implement, like at the moment they wouldn't be as readily available as they would be if people were actually using them, if that makes sense. But um, harvesting them was like the easiest part of the experiment, really. Okay. Um, one thing I'll ask you, and, and Deirdre touched on it, so uh, you picked the waxworms, but there, it probably, I know that's one species you concentrate on. More than likely, I suppose, the nematodes will do the same to other species once you identify, I presume, yeah, would they? Yeah, they would. They'll only really harm anything that will actually harm the plant. Like, they aren't going to harm pollinators or earthworms or anything that would be beneficial, which makes them ideal, really. You're after reading my mind there because it was the, my next question. Yeah, that's a, that's a real important one that um, I know from species going to other countries sometimes that you put them in place to do do a job and then they end up doing other detrimental damage. But that's a really important point, Joanna. Thanks for clear, clarifying that because, um, yeah, we definitely don't want to upset pollinators or would they damage plants or anything like that or will they kind of no. stick to, to yeah, the job? They'll only target they the pests. They won't target the pests. Yeah. Excellent. And I suppose looking at it, at your project, do you think the findings will improve sustainability in agriculture and the horticulture section sector, I suppose, over time? I'm just thinking that you've mentioned your project has looked at the timing of application, the different temperatures. So to me, different temperatures on a farm suggest spring, summer and autumn kind of timing when, when you deploy this. And I, I know you've mentioned the summertime is probably the best. And, and I was just thinking there's other opportunities out there, the likes of beetles and things for pest control. Do, do you see that your project, that the finest can work with other other kind of opportunities to, to reduce those pesticides into the future? Yeah, I definitely think so, because um, when I was reading all about pesticides and the damage that they um, caused to us and the environment, I knew that we had to change. and I knew that there was other ways, but I feel like the nematodes haven't really been investigated that much. Like no one's ever done an experiment like I did. So it was definitely really interesting to try to do that. And I do I do hope that they actually do get used eventually. Yeah, the European targets for it at the moment would farm to fork or a 50% reduction in pesticide usage by 2030. So there is massive scope out there for your project, you know, potentially. Do you want what supports um, were available? You mentioned um, Carlo IT. How did you get um, involved with Carlo IT? And that, 
Well, actually, we just, it, like Joanna mentioned, there was, we had a student last year also who um, he conducted an experiment with nematodes. And when that student came to me, we researched them. So we literally went online and we tried to find experts in Ireland that um, were working in this area. And really, Tommy was the only, well, the only one I found anyway, yeah. that had expertise using nematodes and so I contacted her um, my, with my usual standard email looking, you know, that I had a student interested in this area and would she be with, now we've actually in two years working with Tommy, we've never met her. Um, I suppose because of COVID and everything, but she has been wonderful. Like she's so approachable and she's extremely busy as most, you know, college lecturers are and researchers are, but she is so willing, you know, so willing to help and give of her time. She was the same with Jack, last year and with you Joanna wasn't she yes. and you see, the timing of this competition is unfortunate in that it's the beginning of January so a lot of the kind of final edits and drafts go on really over the Christmas, Christmas holidays, holidays. Yeah. Um, and to make herself available you know I mean really she's as I said she's actually never even met us but you know she really was fabulous with sharing her expertise and gave Joanna a great opportunity to learn which is what it's all about, really. Like, it's lovely to win the awards and all of that, but to give them an interest in science to, you know, I suppose at such a young age, to be able to produce this sort of a project, you know, to write up her project book, to present her data, to be judged vigorously enough, wouldn't you say, Joanna, by three judges, you know, um, at the competition, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant opportunity. But without the mentors in the area, I mean, like teachers in schools wouldn't have the expertise that that's needed to produce high quality projects. So we're indebted to those people really, you know, to help us out and to share their expertise and to give up their time. It's great to see, you know, the joined up thinking and the links, you know, that these new links forming between the schools and the colleges as well. Yeah, it's yeah, it's great. It's brilliant. Both, well, yeah. yeah it's, it's important because you're after touching a really important point and it I know it's you're you're looking at the young scientists, but you bring that into into the research sector. It's it's not about reinventing the wheel. It's about collaboration and working with other partners to try and be innovative and corporate solutions. So I think what you're doing is is excellent. Just one thing, Johanna. Um, did you did you have a chat to any farmers or horticulturalists or gardeners or anything? What did you think of your idea? I haven't really gotten the chance. It would have been something I could have done if the uh, young scientist was held in the RDS which due to COVID obviously wasn't, but it would definitely be something that will be worth doing in the future. Yeah, and that's actually a pity that you, you missed out on the, because of COVID, that the restrictions are there, you couldn't actually enjoy that that atmosphere up there. But how did you find the whole process of your, your work being critically assessed and asking your questions about it and defending your work, I suppose? Yeah, it was actually very um, refreshing, I suppose, because I... People who did the project last year, my friends were kind of saying that they didn't ask that many questions, but I did get a good few questions. And it's actually quite nice to be able to show your knowledge to people, to the judges and be able to show off all the work you did. <laughs> yeah, you've done a lot of work, so you should be proud of it. And this is, uh, is science where you see yourself in the future or what, is, am I, is it too early to ask you what do you plan to do after school? Yeah, I would say something science-y. I'm still not 100% sure yet. I'm kind of indecisive, but yeah, it would definitely be in that area. This is the year to try everything out, Joanne. Yeah, exactly. Really delighted to chat to you today, Johanna and Joanne. 
The future is looking bright with students like yourself coming up with such innovative solutions and ideas. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Deirdre. Well Thanks done, Johanna. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode of the Chagas Environment Edge podcast. Thanks, Joanna Pickett and her teacher, Joanne Corkery from Colossia Trasa, Kinturk, County Cork, for joining us on the show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Cahill Summers. And I'm Georgia Glenn. Join us next time for the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, signpost to farm sustainability.